You ready? Oh, well, for the thousands and the tens. And the millions and millions by taking on home on closed circuit. Oh, let's get ready to suck it. I I can see why that was so popular. It was really like can you imagine? Oh, they're doing the. I wanted. I wish there was just footage of one guy once being like, "Oh, they're doing the Michael Buffer thing." My goodness, they want me to suck their penises. Well, I guess I'll show them by not doing it. It's what's crazy about the crotch chop is how far into society it went. Like it actually, it's something that rappers were doing. You see it on sitcoms. It's still happening. It's John Jones DX crotch chopped Daniel Cormier like two years ago. I do it to you every day, and you won't listen. Uh, suck it. Let's get ready to suck oh. it. Oh, let's get ready to suck it. <laughs> so good. It's, but it's it's the only the time least I like worked out. Legs, by the way, yeah. Well, the least worked out parody of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, instead of Rumble, we'll say suck our dicks. <laughs> Done. Put it on stage. This week we are also, not no, no. doing Triple H. No, no. By the way, before we just move on to Kay. who we're doing this week, you are missing. The Billy Gunn portion of the DX promo that was even worse. And if you're out down with it, you got two words for you. Suck it. It's like, we don't suck it. You said suck it again. Yeah. Don't say suck it. Like, what's And then Xbox comes in like, and if you still don't like that we told you to suck our dicks twice, suck it again. Uh, what I do miss about Xbox is the one time they tried to get over... Uh, Xbox for twenty means I just smoked your ass. <laughs> they guess the, he just does not like weed. Vinny Mac do not like weed. He, he doesn't, doesn't like he smoking doesn't like or smoke. Or, yeah, he doesn't like smoking or. or he doesn't like smoking or sneezing. That guy. That's like sneezing. No, he doesn't like sneezing because it demonstrates people being out of control. That's that's terrifying. Isn't it just the most fucking terrifying thing you've ever heard in your life? You gotta be in control at all times. Now bring out that Eurasian boy for me to sodomize. <laughs> Remember, everyone, I'm always making specific decisions. That's why I want Trish in the ring to bark like a dog. <laughs> I need a new boy every time, so he's always in pain. I want to make sure their assholes are taut and can be ripped. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm turning the volume up on that one, because <laughs> that was fucking sexy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! All right, here we go. It's Jim Cornette, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jim Cornette. Two words for you. You fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> we ordered the shit twenty fucking minutes oh, ago. I fucking love that video. We ordered the I shit. I love that video, and I love his reaction to it because he does not understand why people are upset. He's like, "That's what. That's what happens. That's what." Fucking <laughs> <happens>. <laughs> <coughs> we order. Yeah, we made a big fucking order. Yeah. I feel like I'm hitting this impression. You are getting it. As someone who, like, I have loved a Jim Cornette shoot video going on now four years. They are a delight. 30 fucking burgers? You don't fucking... No, I don't have it anymore. I no. feel like for a second I had it. 30 fucking burgers? You fucking... <laughs> That's how you get into it. You can't... <laughs> 
You fucking bitch. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there's a video on the internet where he It's going to be on the end of the episode. <laughs> he had a lot of great promos, but oh that's God. better than anything he's ever done. And by the way, the people in the car are Mark Curtis, Chris Jericho, and some promoter. Okay. And then the people inside the Dairy Queen were uh, fucking Chris Candido and Sonny. Yeah, because it was Smoky Mountain, was which Smoky just teaches Mountain. you how like Smoky Mountain wrestling was basically like... Uh, like a sports tournament when you were a kid, where oh, Uncle Jimmy's gonna drive you and get you burgers afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing that what I always have thought about it like this is Smoky Mountain and ECW are the reason for the Attitude Era. Is it's a combination? Okay. It's a combination of really good workers that came up and learned how to work an old school style that could transition mm-hmm. into being themselves from Smoky Mountain. Yeah. And then ECW where they got exposure in the Northeast and could be seen by Vince. Because if you look at anyone who came through Smoky Mountain, they then ended up in ECW and then either ended up on WWF TV or were New Jack and no, we're not putting you on national television. <laughs> Even though, like we said this in the episode, but he understood wrestling like at an alarmingly fast yeah absolutely. like new jack was like well just pick up a microphone and be okay fine. yeah i can do that yeah all right um, so, so, so we're gonna start off his career now john started his career working for oh i was gonna say he's born in louisville kentucky still lives there today in castle cornet you can listen to his podcast it's much better now that that woman alice radley isn't a part of it <laughs> and he actually talks about wrestling as opposed to the first year where he would talk a lot about family guy and it was insane. <laughs> what? It was, why would he talk? Because I was going to say, Jim Cornette, basically, a- he had to stop following wrestling because he was going crazy. Like he, oh, really? He, the last phase of him working for Ring of Honor, yeah. which he's talked about, it's like, even if it's embellished 90%, yeah. you're like, that would still be the worst working environment I've ever heard in my entire life. Why? Okay, well, we got, no, we should get it. That's a tease for later. Yeah. But I do want to say this. Jim Cornette, with how many opinions he has, and like man seemingly has an opinion on absolutely everything, which uh, is good. You're supposed should to be have a drive time host or of like. Oh, a, he would be fucking amazing. Listen to you. Listen to the Jim Cornette show, and you're all fucking cunts. <laughs> or just like, hey, this is uh normal. Like, what does he like? What he? Uh, I would love to hear Jim Cornette just. Read I guarantee. I th- he just has this weird palpable anger <laughs> for, no, for no reason. <laughs> you fucking bitch. And everyone does talk about how he's really calmed down. Like the following people have been threatened with death by Jim Cornette in front of witnesses, and he meant it. Vince Russo, um, Kevin Dunn, Jim Hurd, Eric Bischoff, Sh- Sh- Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I think Shawn Michaels. I'm not sure about Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And one other. Some other wrestler. But Brock Lesnar's my favorite. Oh, the fucking, yeah. So Brock Lesnar was wrestling. Jim Cornette's wife yeah. was in the ring, and he did a, she did a gorilla press slam, and she has a pierced clit, which is information I never needed to know. Um, and he said, I'm going to squeeze your, pierced, your newly pierced clit when I bring you up on the gorilla position. Jesus Christ. And he did. And Jim Cornette just walked up to him and went, you might be fucking bigger than me, but let me explain to you one fucking thing. I will get a fucking shotgun and I will fucking shoot you. (laughs) Brock Lesnar, who this is, by the way, not Brock Lesnar, late 30s Brock. This is 19-year-old, I am the greatest physical specimen that's ever existed. Brock Lesnar was like, oh, well, all right then. 
<laughs> and believed it. Started his career working for Christine Jarrett. It was an amazing game to bring him in. Basically, his rich mother would buy him a new team every week, and then he would get the shit kicked out of him by that team when they lost their match or wrestler. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say he broke into the business uh, through Jerry Jarrett. Uh, Incorrect. Wikipedia is wrong. It's Christine Jarrett. No, Christine, yeah. Yeah, but not Jerry Jarrett. It was the mummy. She was the mummy of Jerry. She was still running it. Jerry hadn't taken over yet. Right there, that's a finger for you and a finger for. And he would time. He would do nice. Are you ready to suck it? Time his time the match. He would time the matches. It was a match timer. Type out the formats. He was the photographer. He's essentially he's Paul Heyman in Louisville. They're the same guy. Yeah. All they wanted was their own wrestling promotion. Mm -hmm. They hated Eric Bischoff, and they didn't really ever want to work for Vince. But they both ended up working for Vince because what are you gonna do? Yeah. Never really wanted to work for Vince, eh? All right. So, no, all right. Neither of them fucking. Uh, he broke in in 82. Yes, he did. <laughs> you love Jim Cornette. So I this is fucking you. love Jim Cornette. So, all right. So, just correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, he, bro- he broke in in uh, 1982. Um, as a manager, yes. Yeah, as a manager. He'd been around. This is all him. We're reviewing yeah. him as a manager. He'd We're not reviewing him as, like, runner of a company or anything. It's the wrestler review we. Oh, we're, we're going to get into him running a company, though. <laughs> yeah, but this is not. But that will not be in my best worst at the end, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Cornette made his uh, ringside debut on September 25th of 1982, managing Sherry Martell, uh, and this was the beginning of his uh, rich kid gimmick. Absolutely. Um, I don't think he did. He talked about his mommy yet. But um, he would uh, basically his gimmick was he was an inept rich kid and he would just get fired by all his wrestlers after the match, which is bizarre. And then by the end of uh, his run in uh, the CWA, he was co-managing with Jimmy Hart, which is I think is cool. I think it's when a guy has more than one manager. I always found that cool. Oh yeah, if you have a bunch of people that are walking to the ring with you that aren't wrestlers, yeah, it's an entourage. It adds a big fight atmosphere, especially if one of them is wearing a white blazer. Constantly moving his uh, glasses up and down. And listen, you can't... Like, I think it's Jim really Cornette cool. has an amazing ability from the moment he became a wrestling perf- performer that you don't like him. You like him off camera when he's doing a shoot interview, when he's just talking. But there's something with him within the confines of a wrestling arena. Oh, no. Are you bored? <laughs> John, are you yawning and bored? No, I'm going to cry. Um, oh, you're gonna cry? I'm gonna cry. Long body gonna cry? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Long body. That's why wide body, no shoulders. Uh, bunch of shoulders. Nope. Wide body. Nope. You don't have any. Bunch of, of shoulders. You don't have any of those. I have a bunch of shoulders. Yeah, in a jar that you gave because you murdered some babies. No, I have huge, fucking, crazy, mad, ripped shoulders. No, you don't. Fucking pussy. You got long body. Um, oh fuck you. Anyway, so I um. Oh, have what a long was my body? goddamn fucking point? I don't know. You were yawning, and then you ate it. No, I didn't. I you don't like Jim Cornette. I love Jim Cornette. No, but Jim that's Cornette as a wrestler there you go. in the ring. He, you just hate him. You fucking hate him. He's wearing fucking canary yellow pants and a terrible red tie. And everybody knows that the Yokozuna... Like, it's just so well, fucking Well, I mean, this, especially this, uh, this edition of Jim Cornette, like the rich kid, I love my mommy. Like that's never not gonna get heat. Like it's no. such a good, and especially like at this point, he looks like a, like a fresh faced kid. 
Like towards the, it's kind of weird because he's kind of like Mikey Whipwreck, the manager version, because he's really, really effective off the hop as this wrestler, like as as this character. But then his looks, he just turns into like a regular human being, and then his looks kind of leave him. Like he stops being, like looking like that rich kid, like an actual kid, and it stops being as effective. Yeah, because the thing because like when he was just oh that guy, like when he was in WWF, he was just that guy with a tennis racket. Uh, I disagree. When he came in with Yokozuna, he actually did add something for a minute. And also being the manager of Owen Hart really helped Owen Hart because Owen Hart was never good at promos. Brett, who was able to do the one promo about like, and remember, I'm the excellence of execution and stuff. Do you have a wife? I do, but I still fuck people. Like <laughs> Owen was terrible at interviews and also would always get white. No, he was all right. Yeah, but it was better. Like Jim Cornette was a great mouthpiece. I get what him. you mean. Do you know what I'm saying? Because... There's sort of two Jim Cornettes, and there's a weird transition, which is he's rich kid, and then spoiled shithead asshole douchebag guy, which okay. is sort of what he was with most of the Midnight Express, who he gets to, and that becomes his sort of first big power move, is becoming the re- the uh, manager of the Midnight Express. What? Yeah, did he you fart? Yeah, I farted. Do you know that Bill Watts created the Midnight Express? I did not know that. He created the Midnight Express and gave Cornette uh, as their manager because he said, and I quote, he was so obnoxious I wanted to slap him. Because Bill Watts probably looked at Cornette and thought, Jew, I'm going to slap the Jew out of him. I'm going to slap him and then I'm going to slap him because he's different than me. You believe a different thing and that is bad. Not everyone may know who Bill Watts is. Bill Watts was... The multi-millionaire promoter of Louisiana. The following people are who he gave the, their start to. Yes. Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Jim Ross. Yo. Jim Cornette. Yola. The Midnight Express. Yeah. Sting. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Best thing about the Ultimate Warrior, by the way, Ultimate Warrior did one match and he said, you need to get another line of work. You are so terrible. <laughs> um, that was really funny. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Uh-huh. I think I'm missing some people. Ernie the Big Cat Lad. People like that. But... <laughs> Amazing group of people came out of his little corner of the company. Also later was hired and fired by WCW because he said in an actual interview, listen, if I'm running a company, I should decide if I want to hire a black man or not. It's my decision, which you cannot say in corporate America. Yeah. Well, you can't No, no matter what the context. Yeah. <laughs> Super funny. Um but yeah, I didn't know this. The this was part of a Cornette was traded to Mid South from Jerry Jarrett's uh, Memphis company as as part of like a fucking a talent trade. What's something you would do if you yeah. were cozy with another territory? You'd swap talent because you need all those people to get sick of these people. You do it with heels, basically. It's from my understanding. Yeah, because here's what he uh, so basically in Mid South they traded Rick Rude in Nightheart for like the Rock and Roll Express, what became the Midnight Express in Cornette. Um. Oh, by the way, the other thing about Bill Watts is his business partner was a dog that he thought could speak. Blind man named Leroy McGurk, who would still insist on driving his own car because wrestling is <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> it's one of those. It's like comedy, really. Like, oh, that person's absolutely the worst. Oh my god, I can't believe anyone talks to them. They have a gig, a <laughs> hundred pounds. Yeah, near my house. Done. Fifty pounds, and I can walk there yeah, <laughs> on a on a Tuesday. All right, they're my new best friend. Yeah, this is when he uh, mid south is when he adopts the uh, tennis racket, and they relate that basically back to this uh, movie called Screwballs. 
That's not true where the tennis racket came from. That's not where it came from. A poor man's porkies. Do you know what porkies is? I love it. That is not where the tennis racket came from. The ten- where did the tennis racket come from, John? Tennis racket came from Bill Watts because Bill Watts ran a territory where people fucking kept attacking the wrestlers, so all the managers had to carry some sort of weapon. Really? And um, Yeah, that's why they all had canes and stuff like that. Is You need, legitimately needed something to fucking whack people. And off, um, off, whack them off. And the first thing, yeah, you want to be able to jack them off. <laughs> the first thing that Jim Cornette uh, realized about having a tennis racket is you could put a horseshoe in it. And how we figured oh, that really? out is because someone threw a fucking horseshoe at his head. At his head? Yeah, and he picked it up and realized that you could tie it into the tennis racket and, uh, and really do fucking some fucking hit damage. People. And that's what he would legitimately do. And that the fucking tennis racket. Yeah. That's insane. It was also something you could buy in any town, so you never needed to worry about getting it. That screwballs thing I don't think is true. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure the screwballs thing isn't true. I mean, that makes sense. To think of people being that into wrestling must be fun. Like, it's... I understand. I like this, like... Bill Watts part of wrestling where you're like, oh, we... You know, you know it's fake and the storylines are fun and stuff. But it'd just be so much better if, like, 20% of the fans knew it was fake. Like reacted like we do and then 80% were just like I fucking hate that dude I want him dead Bill Watts one day drove his Rolls Royce to the show yeah and then ah! on their card was the Midnight Express versus someone they end up in the parking lot leaving the show and the fans are all waiting for the Midnight Express to throw rocks at them and so they thinking that the fans won't throw a fucking rock at Bill Watts's really nice car hide behind it and the fans destroy the car. <laughs> like, that's the thing is when people, you think about Jim Ross as a manager, he came up in a time. Jim Cornette, you mean? Jim Cornette, pardon me. And Jim Ross as well, actually. They came up in a time when wrestling was le- treated legitimate in certain parts of the world. Mm-hmm. The guys were paid in cash, were treated with the utmost respect, and were badasses. Because if you came up in Bill Watts' territory, Bill Watts' territory is where if someone called it fake, you had to beat them up. If you lost a bar fight, you were fired. Mm-hmm. If you were seen speaking to someone on the opposite side of the locker room, you were fired. Like That was a universal one pretty mm-hmm. much, but he really enforced it. You weren't allowed in the same hotel room. Yeah, old school shit. Like, uh, no, you know, what he just tried to do with WCW. No no top rope. The thing is, Bill Watts... I see Bill Watts... And Meltzer says this. Bill Watts... We'll do a Bill Watts episode, but Bill Watts is a fucking uh, genius booker. It's just some of the shit he does. It's like Cornette. Cornette's a great booker, good at running company. It's just... Now, some of the shit he thinks is fucking archaic. Yeah, because we've moved past it. And some of it, we d- shouldn't have moved past it. The fucking no. horse is out of the stable. Midnight Express go on a fucking tremendous run. They end up in Jim Crockett promotions. Mm-hmm. They are effectively led by Jim Cornette, who at this time, hit, uh, there's a trend with managers with tag teams, actually served as their managers in life. So he booked the travel. He took care of all the arrangements. He negotiated their deals with contracts. Same That's thing, so stupid. Same thing with Paul Ellering. He ended up getting them a lot of money. Because the one thing is that everyone would talk to I just him. mean on their end. I mean, I guess, no. It still makes sense. Like, yeah. you should be able to, you know? Like, you should, uh, pardon me. If you're not going to value yourself, then you need someone to value you for you. You know Completely. what I mean? These, these are where things like the fucking scaffold match versus the Legion of Doom happens, which is mm-hmm. where Jim Cornette fucks himself up so <laughs> bad. Well, we we should highlight this though, because it is one of the greatest feuds in the history of certainly uh, tag team wrestling, if not pro wrestling. There's this 
him going like part of this ex- ta- uh, sorry talent exchange. I don't know if I mentioned it was the Rock and Roll Express, right? I, re- yeah. I mentioned that. Yeah. Um. So that really begins like one of the greatest feuds. Uh, oh my tag god! Team wrestling because it's just. It, they never call it the Battle of the Express. Does that make any sense? Yeah, they never do call it the Express Battle. Yeah, or something they like never that. Which is something they would have done every fucking twenty minutes. In yeah, the yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, it's about." So, if they've been doing that in the WWF, they would have fought on a train. Exactly. <laughs> but this is a good example of like Jim Cornette managing the Midnight Express, and the Midnight Express's gimmick is just like, "Oh, these are playboys." They're gonna they go fuck you, but they're ugly, which is infu- like that's infuriating no, in its own it's, little they way. It's Stan Lane. Stan Lane is scrumptious, but they, he isn't there yet. But when it's Dennis Condry and fucking um, Eaton, Bobby Eaton, yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, the original one was Bobby Eaton and Condry, and also Bobby. But by the way, Bobby Eaton, an unsung amazing wrestler. Oh, yeah, but I always remember hearing about that. For Bob- a guy who looks like an egg, <laughs> he can do some shit off the top rope. Like, I remember watching a Saturday, a WCW Saturday night, yeah. and he did, like, three different versions of a moonsault. And you're like, this fucking guy? He doesn't even have a neck. And the other thing is, Bobby Eaton, I mean, we'll do, I, I say that about every wrestler. We say more than one sentence about, we'll do yeah. an episode about. Hey, everyone listening, probably will. assume we're going to do a wrestler uh, episode about everyone because we're a podcast that's never going to end. We're like the Mark Maron. <laughs> Of talking about lariats. Hashtag lariat. Hashtag lariat. Robert Morton. We don't have anything else to do. Uh, we so he, don't have I think Bobby thing. Eaton, the reason why he wasn't really pushed that much is because what I found watching his matches, he didn't really have a, a, a emote. <laughs> he would just like, this is Bobby Eaton, that guy drooling but doing very impressive things. You know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'd like Bobby Eaton if I know anything about him, but I don't. So fuck you, mullet. Yeah. Can you imagine how dead in the water these Bobby Eaton would have been without Cornette, though? Oh my god, the Midnight Express would have sucked dicks without Cornette. Yeah, they just would have been like, these guys can't talk. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, I have a tennis racket and I fuck my mom. I fuck my mom. I fuck my mom every day. I fuck my mom. Listen, you fucking cunts. You're gonna enjoy these. Fucking guys! Uh, at some point, Dennis Condry decides to go home, and they never see him again. <laughs> really? Jim Cornette has never spoken to Dennis Condry again. Really? They lost him for five. They didn't know where he went for five years. Weird. He just was. I'm done and fucked off. He just done with wrestling. Done with life. Like it was just like, no, nah, don't want to do. Th-. Married, had a family, didn't see them, just left. What? Yeah. That's cool. Is it cool? <laughs> I. You never t- think about just fucking going away? Nah. Just feeling, yeah, I'm done. I think about turning my phone off all the time. Really? Well, why don't you just turn your fucking phone off, you fucking loser? This is work. What? Got to text you about wrestling. Well, you could just take a, turn your phone off and take a shit or something. Oh, I do that. Taking a shit. Um, you fucking cannot take a shit on your cunt. The Midnight Express is an amazing tag team. That is truly made by their manager. Every other tag team of this era is very much a sum of their parts. The Road Warriors, improved by Paul Ellering, but you do, you could take them or leave them. Uh, Rock and Roll Express never needed a manager. Um, Demolition, breaking with Mr. Fuji was great because then they became their own thing in their own right. And then having the Paramus of Pain pick them up was a great sort of way to create a feud. For the Midnight Express, there would be no Midnight Express without Jimmy Carr, uh, Jimmy Cornette. Fucking getting on the mic and screaming about how good they were 
every 45 seconds. And this guy is not over it. He has written so many books about the fucking Midnight Express. He has done so much about them. Trying to just live up to the lore, not realizing that his most popular run was in the Federation, which we'll get to in a little bit. What do you mean his uh, the Midnight Express? All right, because I'll just sorry, because uh, he leaves for they went for world class. They basically want a few of the Von Erichs. The the then then uh, Daddy Von Erich says no 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 no. They also got there too at a bad time, which is they got there yeah. just as all of the Von Erich boys were dying. <laughs> Yeah, that's the saddest thing, by the way, about WCCW is it's not like they're unpopular. It's like, what happened to those guys? They're like, oh, they're dead. They're actually (laughs) dead. (laughs) That's funny to me. I laugh at death. What do you Um, mean they're dead? I mean, they've passed from this earth. (laughs) I think it's funny. Everyone does. I don't. Ooh. Real DN, short arm verbal clothesline. Ooh, you got me again. So then they go to Crockett, which is. uh, they go to Crockett. Uh, look at me <laughs> talking like an old boy. They go to what do you call it? Mid South. Was it Mid Atlantic? You fuck. Mid Atlantic. <laughs> Mid Atlantic. Of course, I know that. And uh, then they have fun with the Rock and Roll Express again. Pretty much. They just keep on doing it. Um, By the way, I know why the NWA failed, and it, no one wants to hear it, but let me say it. They were so repetitive in terms of matches. Yeah. If you look at the amount of times the Rock and Roll and the Midnight fucking fought, it's insane. At this point, by the way, Vince is really starting to sniff around, making very big overtures to the Rock and Roll Express, until one day they stopped making those overtures, even though the Rock and Roll Express assumed they would go at some point. Yeah. And that's because Vince just went, fuck it, I'll make my own. Yeah, the and, Rockers. And then in come the Rockers. And... and- he what a much what a better decision though <laughs> than <laughs> having the Rock and Roll. But if Express. you watch like Young Rock and Roll Express, out great. Rio. And but the problem was is that uh, they just didn't age well. Uh, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton should have broken up. No, the problem is that they both look like re- fucking idiots. <laughs> like they, they didn't update their look, but they also should have broken up. They should have broken up in the late eighties. Okay. Because that guy was over for fighting Flair, and they never broke up that tag team. The only successful Great American Bash tour was when it was fucking... Uh, Ricky Morton? Ricky Morton, Ric Flair. All the other ones didn't sell. That one fucking did, because everyone wanted to see Ricky Morton, who's the, all they've ever seen as a tag team wrestler, fucking beat the piss out of Ric Flair, and they nearly saw him win the title. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I'm really a big fan of not breaking up tag teams, just having them go their separate ways. Yeah. And I think they really had an opportunity to do that. And I think that speaks to how good Cornette was because you look at Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, they're both stars, whereas the Midnight Express is literally whoever Jim Cornette is calling the Midnight Express. It's much more of a... Yeah, look no further franchi- than It's like a sports Bob. franchise. It's like a sports franchise where it's like he owns the franchise and it's called the Midnight Express and here's who's on his team. Yeah. Does that make any sense? And Absolutely. I think that's a really interesting idea. Of how to do a tag team, much like the Heenan family, or like who's in the Heenan family now. It's just Jim Cornette has found his t- new tag team champions. Is a really interesting way to do that. So basically, they go to um, they go to Mid Atlantic, um, and then yeah, like you said, this is the huge Road Warriors uh, scaffold match where Jim Cornette tries to land really on his well feet, for him. and uh, then he does successfully, and uh, it doesn't hurt himself at all. Oh wait, we're lying. He fucks himself up so badly. You lied. I lied to you. You lied all your... Would you like to know what happened? Uh, You're yawning and crying. I'm going to tell you, your boyfriend, Ray Trailer, was part of the problem. 
No, he wasn't. Ray Trailer was supposed to catch Jim Cornette and then fall down in a pratfall. Yeah. Unfortunately, he lost Jim Cornette in the lights because they turned the lights up even <laughs> more on the ring to make sure that everyone could mm-hmm. see the scaffolding, which is not how lights work at all. Yeah. So Jim Cornette got lost in the lights, landed on fucking Big Bubba Rogers' chest effectively, yeah. and then crumpled to the ground. Yeah. Because originally he was supposed to catch him off the scaffolding. That was the plan. It did not work. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, because he just like swings there. If you watched it, it's fucking. It's one of those things where you know the guy blows out both his knees, but it doesn't look that painful. Oddly, like it looks like there's worse injuries to get. Because it just kind of looks like a guy falling on his feet, and then, like, he kind of looks like a guy falling on his feet and slipping at the same time. But what's happening is his body can't handle the force. And also, he was expecting to be caught, so he didn't swing to land. He dropped. Yeah. So, that's why he also fucked up both of his knees. Also, you could see he's swinging there thinking, like, why the fuck am I fucking doing this, though? He didn't want to do it. They had to pay him extra money to do it. Yeah, 100% they did. This is why I love Jim Cornette. He was... now, fucking way, am I getting on a fucking scaffold, you fucking cunt? It's not going to fucking happen. And then that's also why Paul Ellering had to go up. Yeah. Because he was like, I'm not going up if Paul Ellering doesn't at least go up the fucking thing. I'm not being the only one who's going to die. Jesus fucking They also Christ. jacked the scaffold up higher because they were concerned not everyone could see it. <laughs> yeah, and it's the worst match. It is abominable. They used to do these scaffold matches, and they did one in ECW... Yeah, there was like a really good visual of like, was it Brian Lee punches Dreamer off of the thing and then they fall through a bunch of tables? I thought it was the other way around, but yeah, I thought yeah, he, same thing. He and threw that, Brian Lee through a bunch of tables, and which a, another another thing Paul Heyman did really well is like, oh, he fell through tables. That's cool. It's like yeah, well, he's just bracing his own fall. Yeah, you know, like Mike Awesome power bombs Spike Dudley over the top and into a table. Oh my god, it looks so cool. Holy fuck, Spike's so tough. And then look at Vader powerbomb Cactus Jack just onto concrete. And yeah. He, like, it's just not theatrical at all. And it's just like, that's disgusting. There is no give with fucking concrete. Well, Why would they? It's the difference between fake fight and real fight. You're much more likely to watch a real fight and enjoy it because you you can tell that, oh, not anyone's getting hurt. And that's why I like the table spots. Although there are some ones that are awful. Like that fucking... Um, Heatwave 98, where it's Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus... Oh, and uh, RVD gets the fucking uh, table in the eye? Yeah. That's terrifying. Joe, he slit his fucking eyelid? I've seen that happen in uh, fighting, and it's always terrifying. There's, like, one UFC title that's won because a guy, like, does something where they literally say you couldn't do that with a scalpel, where a guy just jabs him, and the leather glove just like basically filleted the guy's eyelid and like put it in two like imagine your eyelid and they're like basically they were like the doctor in the cage is like this isn't an injury this isn't happening like he's just like that's the that's the fucking most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life um so midnight express midnight express midnight express midnight express because he also starts the greatest uh, pro wrestler of our generation or any other generation, as you said, Ray Trailer. 
All right. Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah. Big Bubba Rogers. He's managing him against Garvin. So he's got a little Stabla. He's got a little Stabla on the go. He's do- he's also doing color commentary in s- spurts at this period. With who? Spurts. Spurts of my cum. Um, he Jim Ross and yep. Cor- and Cornette at the same time for Crockett, which is just that sounds like a great fucking. Why duel. they never put that with the Fed? I know why they never put that in the Fed. Yeah, because they didn't want. Because you would literally have two people who Vince would be radioing, and they'd be like, "No, <laughs> I'm just gonna." Do whatever that is the best part of Jim Ross is you know that Vince was like say the Twitter handle and he was like gonna be a slobber knocker isn't that Twitter? <laughs> it's like oh god bless that man Twitter fuck Twitter sorry that's uh Cornette you want me to fucking go out there and talk about Twitter how about this you got Roman fucking Reigns your fucking Cornette is spot on is it man. good it's very good I fuck Man, <laughs> no, that was bad. Um, you think it's you, 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 as soon as you start thinking about it, it goes. But there's moments yeah. where you're like yum 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 yum. yum. <laughs> I'll just edit out any of the bad ones, especially when I said I fuck men really loudly, <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> which is you. homophobic. But also, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Why, guys? guys? Why, guys? Why, guys? Why, guys? Why, guys? Um, I just want to talk about Jim Cornette transitioning into being a booker. Then we're going to take a break where I will shit. Then we'll come back and a talk booker about or a booger. <laughs> um, for I want to say this uh, before we go. Uh, so we're going to cap off our the chronology of this. We're capping it off in 1990. I just want to say this. He leaves uh, Crockett because of friction with Jim Hurd. Everyone had friction with Jim Hurd. No, speak didn't. about him. Incorrect. Really. Uh, he left and came back. They had a um, yeah. He came back in '93. They had a payment issue, but in '90 he leaves to do Smoky Mountain. No, <laughs> uh, Mountain. Is it '89? Oh, you are right. He does leave. He does leave, and then he goes back. I'm high. I'm high on drugs. <laughs> on weed drugs, bro. And then he goes to the Fed in '94. You're correct. Yeah. Um. So his friction with Jim Hurd came from this. Ric Flair pulls a power move. Um, wait, when does Flair leave? This is power move reverse cowgirl? No, you got the timing wrong because Flair leaves with Jim Hurd. And Flair leaves in 91? Yeah. I'm saying Cornette leaves in 1990 because of Jim, like, due to friction with Jim Hurd. I'm assuming it. But he's also been there for five years. Like. He's been there for five years. Basically, this is... Flair pulls a power play that eventually gets him booted out of the company, and he goes to um, Vince McMahon of the World Wrestling Federation. And one of those is that he wants in charge of the booking. He had never had that before. He'd been fucked over by Jim Cornette. He, at this point, has found out that the only reason that Ted Turner bought the company is because of Ric Flair. Who's been fucked over by Jim Cornette? Uh, By uh, Jim Crockett. But Ric Flair, Ted Turner did market research. Okay. And the entire Ric Flair was fucked over by Jim Crockett. By Jim he Crockett. finds that out. And he, he finds, finds that out that out. Ted Turner had bought the company because of Ric Flair. But had bought the company because of Ric Flair and could have, and had his contract expired. Yes. So he could have just renegotiated directly with Ted, made a lot more money, didn't. Yes. So he pulled a power play with whoever was put in charge of WCW and was like, I'm in charge of the book. Ted loves me. Yeah, and Jim Hurd went fine. I don't know what that is. For those who don't know who Jim Hurd is, he is a Pizza Hut regional distribution manager yeah. and a station man, TV station manager from St. Louis, who uh, Ted Turner put in charge of the company. Yes, this this by the way, if you, I mean, I do mention it quite frequently on the podcast. Uh, if you follow mixed martial arts at all, the UFC just got bought. Like this is months ago, 
got bought by uh, United Agency. Endeavor, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is going to be happening in the UFC soon. Like once Dana White, <laughs> once Dana White gets like five years older or decides he's made enough money, uh, it's no longer. I like how you think Dana White's going to quit. Dana White's going to get fired in the weirdest scandal ever. I like because you know he already he has in one of the, I think this is like it's right up there with I don't know if you know this story. Every team in the AB, do you know the story when the N, when the ABA closed the American Basketball Association, they sold to the NBA on mass. Yeah, and every single ABA team sold for money. Yeah, and then there was one team they were like the worst team in the league, and the owner was just like I don't want money. Just give me one percent of your TV revenue in perpetuity, and the NBA was like, "Okay," because at this point the NBA is getting like, they're like, "Oh, it's the movie of the week. We're gonna show, like, the championship is being showed on tape delay at like four a.m." Yeah. Right? So they're like, "Fine, who gives a shit?" So now he's they're getting like one percent of what sports price fees are now. It's insane. Yeah. So it's like, but Dana White gets a percentage of the revenue for the UFC. So if they lose up money, obviously it doesn't matter. But he gets like, they get revenue. Oh, Dana White's doing quite well, which is why I mean that give it two years. He's a Vince McMahon type. Yeah, he's never going to quit. Oh, I think it's different. I think they're going to force him out because it's like, yeah, everything was fine until he walked into William Morris Endeavor shirtless on roids and went, I'm the Brock Lesnar of pussy. Like... (laughs) Yeah, he's the only one. It's kind of weird because you always need like Cornette is like this, and that's why uh, Jim Hurd does WCW not get along. Yeah, it doesn't work, and that's why they don't get work because you need t- no matter how big the thing that you like, you can't have things be super corporate. You need still obviously you need still need someone attached yeah. to like what the base company was. You need someone, and these corporations don't understand. That mentality of like combat sports or simulated combat sports is like scumbags. Like, I'm sorry, McDonald's, that you're. I'm sorry, McDonald's, you got involved with uh, WCW or WWE. You're. This is rednecks now. Like, this, you are in the redneck business. You're dealing with open carnies. And what I do like is Jim Cornette is honest about that. That he's like, it's trickery and it's fake. And here's how you specifically do it. Yeah. And he can explain what you emotionally react to in the moment, which is why it works, which I totally appreciate. Yeah. Jim Cornette butts fucking heads with Jim Hurd. Butts fucking fucking heads. I thought you'd like that. Butts fucking heads. Um, part of the problem also is that uh, Jim Cornette negotiated a great contract for the uh, Midnight Express. Yeah, with uh, WCW, which was for so much money because he put it. They Crockett was like, I'll "Put in this balloon payment," mm-hmm. which was a really smart move on his behalf because he knew the company was either going to be sold or go bankrupt within that year. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "All right, I owe you this amount of money per year. So let's say it's a hundred grand, but I'm just going to pay you a cut of the buildings." And then at the end of the year, whatever I owe you, you'll get in one giant balloon payment. No, and him knowing that if the company sold all those contracts, someone else will just have to pay all that money to those wrestlers. <laughs> so the Midnight Express went from getting like a couple of grand a week from various house shows to making so much money because their contracts for were for, I think, half a million dollars each or something insane. Half a mil? For a year. They have to renegotiate with Jim Hurd. Jim I feel Hur- so bad for anyone who is in wrestling now hearing those stories. Like, because you only hear the aspect of it where it's like, 
people like us being like, that's so much money. Oh my God. And then, but then you hear people in wrestling now, it's like, oh, there's no other options. Like, you imagine just like, yeah, there was a company once upon a time where you had to, you worked 90 days a year and they gave you whatever you wanted because they just had no idea what wrestling was worth. It's like, com- anytime there's a good gig for comedians, it's like, oh, there's free beer at this gig. Oh, cool. The comedians <laughs> drank all the free beer and someone called the organizer like a lesbian. Yeah, a lesbian. Yeah, that that is actually exactly something that would happen. That Just g- like, I, you're a fucking whore woman. <laughs> Just oh, that's some a really good impression of Jay Brown. Troll really glad open micer. Nice. Hashtag Jay Brown. Hashtag White Lives Matter. <laughs> Hashtag Lariat. Hashtag Lariat, your dick. Clothesline your dick. Remember, guys, watch out for bikers. Anyway, so. Edging, 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 edging. <laughs> Edging, edging. Um, Jim Cornette leaves the uh, WCW, meets up with Rick Rubin, goes on to form Smoky yep. Mountain Wrestling, which we will discuss on the other side of the break. On the other side of this shit. What you need to all remember, guys, Smoky Mountain Wrestling gave us the following. The Gangsters. The Gangsters. The Heavenly Bodies. The Heavenly Bodies. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. You fucking cunt. You we ordered the shit 20 minutes ago. That's what it gave us. It was 40 minutes ago, by the way. Is what 40 minutes ago. Which is not true. They couldn't have ordered it 40 minutes ago. You're not in a drive-thru for 40 minutes. He's also <laughs> wearing Zumba pants. <laughs> well, it's the early 90s. Okay, can you just not put the promo at the end? Put the promo here. We'll be back with this promo after the break. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, please rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review. Of course, we also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. DylanAgot.com, TheJohnHastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. At Ombres, nasty women. We're back. Bad Ombres. <laughs> nasty women. I'd like to meet a couple nasty women and watch them do the stuff to me. All right. Well, here we're going to do Smoky Mountain Wrestling. No, we're going to watch the Dairy Queen video. Yeah. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. They're getting a shit ton of food. Jim Cornette, by the way, is driving the car. That's important because the car lurches forward slightly in the video. That's because dummy didn't put it in park. <laughs> and you know those, those two, two, double, two, double cheese, the two double cheeseburgers were extra cheese only, nothing else on them. Extra cheese only. Extra what kind cheese of a- only. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a serial killer. That's a that's a, that's a man's order. What do I want? I want extra cheese. I want extra cheese. A double cheeseburger with extra cheese. Don't put anything on it. I I want to to look like I'm gonna enjoy it, but then not. I want yeah. a grilled cheese with meat, and I want my mouth to be fucking dry afterwards. Hold the you're a pussy because you are. <laughs> <laughs> extra cheese. Nothing else on it. We figured you'd have that already by the time we got up here. <laughs> Didn't know what. Didn't know whether to fix it or not. 
We wouldn't have ordered it if we didn't want it fixed. Goddamn. Okay, so basically... It is really nice to hear someone say fix instead of make. Continue. Uh, for those who don't understand, they ordered so much food that they thought they were joking. Yeah. You need to understand he has now gotten out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's gotten out of the car to yell at this woman. <laughs> and she's like doing the math being like there's a lot of large men in the van. Yeah. At least the small one's just mad at me. <laughs> by the way, he, he got it. He's not even driving. I love the fact he's getting driven around by someone. Oh, I thought he was driving. I, no, 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 no. He's, um, uh, but he's being driven around. The best is, so, s- fucking Chris Candido and Sonny okay. are ordering inside. They don't yeah. know that they're there. And yeah. all they fucking, apparently... All they just hear, he fucking <laughs> And then they come out afterwards and just start laughing. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to that part. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey, we ordered the damn shit. But we're hungry, not because we wanted to fuck around. Don't cuss me, you fucking ugly bitch. <laughs> Never even happened. <laughs> T-shirt tucked into Zubaz pants. He opened the drive-through window to scream. Man, <laughs> you imagine not knowing your friend is at there is there, and then just seeing his head call someone an <laughs> ugly bitch. <laughs> you fucking ugly bitch. Not only not your friend, your boss. Oh, your boss. <laughs> <laughs> because they think we're fucking joking. We've been here 15 minutes. They don't even start the order. Fucking little cunt. Damn straight. They didn't start a fucking thing. <laughs> I thought we were this joking. Fucking miss, gotta drive 200 fucking miles. I thought we were joking. God damn it. <laughs> 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 it's just. It's I like that he would only say cunt in the car, though. This yeah. class. Also, by the way, you need to remember, he's watched this video and he doesn't understand why people think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's done like a shoot. This is the thing. Jim Cornette has literally done tell-all interviews so much that he does tell-all interviews about his tell-all interviews. What you also need to understand is this is a man who threatened to kill Kevin Dunn, essentially the number two person at the WWF. The person who's directly under Vince McMahon for all intents and purposes, according to all research you can do about that company. He's the only guy who's never been fired. The only guy that Vince McMahon has, like, many times over said will never be fired is Kevin Dunn. Why is that? He's the producer for it, and he agrees with everything Vince McMahon says, basically. He's just a yes man. When Vince is like, "Ah, I want to start drinking piss, Kevin (laughs) Dunn's like, well, it's a great idea, Vince. We're going to do it. Um, and so basically, when the Patriot got brought in, they yeah. were going to debut him in Canada. And mm-hmm. uh, Jim Cornette was like, it's a terrible idea. And Kevin Dunn went, I find you tiresome. And uh, I, he said, I find you tiresome. I find you, Jim, I find you tiresome. 
and Jim Cornette took his fucking fat ledger and threw it against the wall and just went, listen up, you bucky beaver motherfucker. I find you tiresome if you speak to you me. Bu- <laughs> you bucky beaver motherfucker. Now, I didn't think that he would remember. I wish I could say things as funny as Jim Cornette. <laughs> like, can you imagine being Jim Cornette's wife and getting yelled at by him and just... Like it's also not done. He then I will drag you over this desk and fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why it's brought up is they talked about it on Jim Ross's podcast. Yes, so much anger. <laughs> like I love that. Like I love that one thing can just <laughs> so much. You also, Bucky Beaver motherfucker! <laughs> I will kill you. And also, what's the best is Jim Ross was the only one who was like. Not laughing because he's like, oh, this is serious. I know this guy. He will do that. <laughs> has, has he ever actually attacked someone? Yes. Who? I think he attacked someone in Ring of Honor. I know that he... I don't know. I don't think he has actually attacked... I know he's punched and kicked and destroyed things. <laughs> of course he has. Look at him. <laughs> Look at the little boy. I don't think he's attacked anyone. I'm sure he How has. big is he? I can say he's 5'11", 400 pounds. <laughs> is he 5'11"? No. Yeah. No, there's no way. Because Yokozuna was like six. six. 6'11". Yeah, Yokozuna was 6'11". All right, that's good. So he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, right? There's no way he's 5'11", because he was so much shorter than the Midnight Express. You look that up. Um, so then he goes to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Start uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Pop quiz for you, Hotshot. Who kay. was the financial backer of Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Rick Rubin, you mentioned that before the break. Piss. Even if I didn't already know that, which I fucking did, <laughs> uh, I would have known that because you told me and you have no memory and you're yawning again and you're crying. And you're I'm crying not and yawning, yawning or crying. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing an impression of when you fuck your mom? No, I don't He's fuck six my feet. mom. Jim Cornette's six feet tall? Yeah. No way. Well, that's what the internet says. The internet's wrong. No, I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Good. You're a spicy little bitch. Can I have a glass of John with no bitch? That can't exist. John is a bitch. She's a fucking bitch-ass pussy bitch. Um, okay, so we go to Spoken Island Wrestling. Uh, what would you say is the legacy of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, John? Yep. All right, I said, what would you say is the legacy of Smoky Mountain Wrestling? And you said yes. Uh, why I said yes was I just won <laughs> my little competition with you about who is taller. Okay. Old piss face. Um, what? Jim Cornette is six feet tall. No, he's not. Continue. Because Yokozuna, by the way, was six foot three, which explains why Yokozuna was taller. Also, Jim Cornette would never stand. It's wrestling. Ne- he's for sure not six three. He would also not stand next to Midnight Express or anything. Uh, Midnight Express. Or Yokozuna. That's what I I just said. Yes. So Mickey Mountain Wrestling was Jim Cornette's attempt to return to a traditional territory, a la Memphis or um, Bill Watts. A couple of problems with it. I always like the name Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, I like it too. It's sexy. I like that it's not like um, world, world elite power yeah. champion wrestling. And just just I mean, it's something something about three initials for a thing. You just gotta have them. Uh, it's why I like Pro NBA, Wrestling Gorilla. WCW. Love that. Yeah. PWG. Progress PWG. Wrestling. Don't really care for, although I love Jim Smallman. Um, Progress Wrestling. 
Yeah, you, I don't know. Having complete sentences is the name is I don't like it. It bugs me. Yeah, insa- even insane championship wrestling is like okay. At least you got championship wrestling in there. Yeah, but the thing with insane championship wrestling, I hate when they go like, "It's the insane championship wrestling." It's like you can't be insane. Like unless none of the matches take place in the ring, you're actually quite safe. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, does he do? Uh, apologies. Um, does he do a on screen simultaneously at the same time, where periods are lining up or whatever that joke is? Okay, uh, Smoking Mountain Wrestling, but Smoking Mountain Wrestling gave the world so many amazing wrestlers: Lance Storm, Chris oh, Jericho, D'Lo Brown, Need- New Jack, Mustafa, Bruce Pritchard, the other guy in the Heavenly Bodies. <laughs> the other guy in the Heavenly Bodies, Dylan Gott. Uh, it gave Armbar. <laughs> Armbar. Who else was it spoken about? That? Johnning. We're gonna. That's not even called yawning anymore. It's called Johnning. Uh, biggest thing, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, it's where Chris Jericho broke his arm because he was practicing a moonsault so many times. He was brought in to be part of uh, a tag team with Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were played a flat fee uh, that was a little bit higher than the rest of the boys because Vince or because uh, Jim Cornette thought they would sell so much merchandise. Because he thought they were super fuckable, which is how the Rock and Roll Express had done it for years. Uh, unfortunately, oh, yeah. uh, Chris Jericho was picky and Lance Storm was already married and his wife came with him on the road. So he had to fire them because they wouldn't fuck women, allowing them to make extra money. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Is that the Rock and Roll Express did? They just no, fucked women? They, they fucked women and made money off of merchandise because all the women would line up to get signed photos because the word got around that's how you were able to fuck the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> and Jim Cornette wanted to do that with Chris Jericho and Lance Storm, except Jericho was like, I'm not fucking just anyone. And Lance Storm was like, I'm... I'm married. Can I just be serious for a second? And so that's that, so one of the reasons that they were fired is that because they wouldn't fuck the rats, it cost Jim Cornette money. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. Yeah. Like some of the gimmicks. Here's the weirdest thing. Because the gimmicks, you want to say it's like old school wrestling. Yeah, it is. But legitimately, we talked about this in the New Jack episode, but the gangsters gimmick was they were just for affirmative action. Yeah. Yeah. And but what the, was the... the, fu- the he, uh, the one difference, by the way, is that they also had D'Lo Brown. The thing with Jim Cornette is Jim Cornette, different than Paul Heyman, is both really good at creating base characters, but J- the two uh, count. All right, so yeah, but Jim that- Cornette is also able to to put them in a way that it's it's good wrestling. So D'Lo Brown can out wrestle. Yes, he can out wrestle everybody in the world. Still, so then he can go with New Jack and Mustafa, who look great but can't do shit, dick. Yeah, here's the other thing though. That two count thing is so basically because of affirmative action, the gangsters get a two count. Yeah, didn't have to win with three count. They get a two count. <laughs> and that by the way, by the way, they were not faces. <laughs> they, they were yeah, heels. They were, no, they were not. They were heels. They were booed. There was a fire station that had a riot. They eventually left uh, to go to ECW. There's a huge dispute over whether or not they told Paul or they told Jim or not that he was going. Jim Cornette has long contested that Paul Heyman told them to no-show as a fuck you. 
Um, and Paul Heyman has denied this. Obviously, he would. Uh, Jim Cornette <laughs> did Smoky Mountain for three years. It did not work out. He then did what everyone does when your small independent wrestling company doesn't work out, which mm-hmm. is you go work for Vince McMahon. He debuted being just walking to the ring, being uh, hugged and cajoled by Bobby the Brain Heating, who is so exciting to see him, and calls him Jimmy. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Who was... How many champions did Smoky Mountain Wrestling have? Five. No. I don't know the answer. One. There was all... Who was that champion? Tom Pritchard. Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich was the champion the entire time of Smoky Wrestling? He was the first champion. He was the last damn champion. Brad Armstrong then did a gimmick where he... Claimed he was the Smoky Mountain champion and lost it to uh, Jerry Lawler in USWA. Because that's really the last territory. USWA. USWA. Yeah. Yeah. Go fucking Jerry Lawler. And then they celebrated by splitting an 18-year-old so it still counted as two nine-year-olds because that's how he likes it. Oh, God. Jerry Lawler is... When he dies, they're going to find a room in his house that will be terrifying. <laughs> What's with all the baby bottles? Those are for me, not for the baby. He'll just have a woman that he's kept thirteen somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's thirteen forever. I don't drink and I don't smoke, but I drink four Coca Colas a day, and I got a throne room. <laughs> oh, oh man, well, I don't know. Creepy town. So Smoky Mountain Wrestling wraps up. Be- mostly because Tommy Rich should not ever be your champion. For three years. Yeah. The wildfire, it burns companies down. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, stick the belt on Tommy Rich. I also, one television champion. Let me say this about Tommy. One television champion. Who? Bobby Blaze. One Who? junior heavyweight champion. Mark Henry. Bobby Blaze. And one tag team champion. The Heav- oh, no, the Heavenly Bodies and the Rock and Roll Express ex- changed those belts of- it was forth. basically, here's the weird thing, it's basically a tag team territory, if you think about it. Well, that's w- what he loved. Yeah. Which is very nice and fun. And because you need to bring the Rock and Roll Express in so you can pay them by then getting women fucked. Bobby Blaze. Do you think that... <laughs> I love that I... I wish I could do that. What's that? Uh, yeah, I sell merch after my shows by fucking the women after the shows. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I am very wrong about the thing. I just read this list wrong. There were many Smoky Mountain champions. That's the best. The best. I was like, there's no way he kept a belt on two guys for three years. Brad Armstrong is a three-time Smoky Mountain champion. How many times did Tommy Rich held it? If Tommy Rich never held the belt, that'll make me sick. Tommy Rich, is, is he just was the last champion. Um, the longest reigning Smoky Mountain champion was the Dirty White Boy. Oh, fuck, the Dirty White Boy? He was the second. That's also an Armstrong, isn't it? And then he lost it to Tracy Smothers in a Tennessee chain match. That's where the chain was used to to keep a slave that you own. Here's the thing that I love about uh, uh, Smoking Mountain Wrestling. Most of their champions went on to be in the full-blooded Italians. (laughs) Buddy Landell was a fucking... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Buddy Landell was a one-time Smoky Mountain champion, and uh, he won it in a gimmick match uh, where his wa- his car, his watch, and money was also on the line. I love, I love I that his watch. Love the South and your watch. Yeah. Oh man, so good. It's like Ric Flair's weird obsession with letting everyone know how much the watch cost. 
And it yeah. was always a, a number that is impossible. Watch, $1,000. Shoes, $40,000. <laughs> it's a million dollars. Yeah. Million dollar bond so you can fuck a teenager. <laughs> I got a private jet made out of gold pubic hair. Bobby Blaze. Bobby Blaze is on the ring. Shigging a new new. Shigging a new new. Bobby Blaze. Bobby Blaze. Uh, Smoking uh, Mountain Wrestling. Because they did a. Not for life. Smoking Mountain Bobby Blaze. Bobby Blaze. <laughs> it's gonna send <sighs> a message to all nice. the gays. <laughs> no. Nah. Here at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's not true. As long as you are a lesbian, because men <laughs> can't be gay. Men can't be gay. Good night, everybody. All right, so let's go to the Fed run. Yes. He debuts and becomes Yokosuna's American interpreter. Yep. Very briefly, they had him pretend to speak Japanese. It was racist. Well, I want to try and find one of those promos now. Um, How did he do it? He would look at Mr. Fuji and be like, aha, and then look into the camera and talk again. That's the worst. All right, so that's his his Fed run. Manages Yokozuna. Uh, manages... Mantar. Manages Mantar. Bertha Faye. Manages yeah. uh, British nope. Was Bertha Faye was Harvey Whippleman, wasn't it? Was it Harvey Whippleman or Jim Corn? Oh, it was Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, because Whippleman was in love with him. With the, the love with her. Um, so, yeah, it was the Cam Cornette. You had... Yoko, Vader, Owen Hart, Bulldog. So that's pretty good. Yeah, and then Mantar, which is bad. Um, he led an NWA invasion after he went out f- for a while. He was the color commentator for a bit. He was the color commentator on all the pilots and stuff like that. Yeah. Because when Jim Ross couldn't do it, they would put him in because he had a similar style because they both learned how to do it from Bill Watts. Yeah. All throughout this time, by the way, he joined the creative team slowly, but was a full-fledged member by the time 1996 rolled around. He was a massive enemy of the click throughout their entire run in the really was one of the big guys for uh, big proponents for never putting the belt on kevin nash which quite frankly was a good point which was he can't work with anyone so you need to put it on Shawn michaels yeah but then didn't want to do that because he thought Shawn michaels was a cunt (laughs) and has so what did he want to do he just like bret hart give it on brett it was keep it on your life keep it on brett um and then uh, the big thing that he was mainly responsible for and was one of the architects of was um, the uh, Bret Hart Hart Foundation versus like America versus Canada angle. Yeah. That was an idea that was between him and Jim Ross. Uh-huh. One of the big things was as they're going closer and closer to the screw job is also when he starts having problems with his great nemesis. Vinnie Rue. Vinnie Russo. Vin- this <laughs> he Vin- hates Vince Russo. So much more. There is there is talk that Vince Russo is legitimately going to f- threaten uh, file charges of threats because he's gone in like the last six months. It's gone from like, oh, you don't like that guy, to like, I'm gonna fuck hit the bullet hole I put in his mother's cunt. Like, it's, <laughs> why is he? Why does he hate Vince Russo so much? He feels that Vince Russo is a disrespectful, the worst part of, that's ever happened to sports entertainment. Has no purpose. Really fucked with a lot of people. Is he feels reason. he's like he's disrespectful. He feels he did. Dis- Vince Russo did legitimately, like the WCW thing was already in, like kind of the lettering was in the dick or whatever you want to say. It was the writing happen. was on the wall, not the lettering. No, the lettering was in the dick. It was lettering in the dick. WCW was gonna happen anyway, 
right? Like they were just going to divest themselves of wrestling if yeah. it because they didn't need another lost leader in that huge fucking company. And the other thing people talk about, like AOL Time Warner merger. Well, yeah, okay. What if WCW was really good? That company went fucking down anyway. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it that would just wouldn't f- be here. LOL, uh, AOL Time Warner is back to being Time Warner. They sold off AOL. Which is crazy that you sell off the company that merged with you. That doesn't happen ever. That's so crazy. But so okay, that was just gonna happen. But Vince Russo legitimately killed TNA. Like, oh my god, TNA is now. I watched TNA the other day. It was just on TV, and it's so rinky dink. And the audience doesn't react to anything because of what Vince Russo did. Like Vince Russo, they pleaded with him they pleaded with uh dixie carter like don't work with vince russo spike did and then she was like okay and then found emails like she forwarded or she fucking it's what a dumb lady she just replied all like classic old person move replied all instead of hit reply and like put a email like so basically, they f- for- didn't she forward? Did you hear about this? I know exactly. Once you're done she spattering on, I'm going to explain exactly spattering. what happened. Spattering. He she forwarded an email to like a spike executive that had her correspondence with her and Vince Russo that was proof that Vince was still working with the company. And yeah, they fucking. Went By the nuts. way, no one. He wasn't supposed to be working with the company for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons this just came out is that Spike TV was paying for Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff to be there. Mm-hmm. TNA wasn't. And okay. they were supposed to be using that money, that excess money for profits. Instead, she was paying a part of it to Vince Russo to provide ideas because Vince Russo could not work there when Hulk Hogan was working there because Hulk Hogan had sued Vince Russo a bunch of times yeah. over the bash of the beach thing. Vince Russo is a fucking cancer on the wrestling industry. He doesn't understand it, and he's a liar. He has a very good grain of a good idea ever. He's the best first chapter writer in wrestling. But you can't then let him do anything else. Yeah. No, he's he's an idea guy. He's in the room. Yeah. You you need. He's a good guy if he has no power. The problem is, is they yeah. keep giving him power. He's the best like junior writer you've ever seen in your life. I would also say that part of it is jealousy from uh, Jim Cornette, where Jim Cornette was obviously one of the architects of the Attitude Era, which is a f- sentence that annoys the shit out of me. But basically, the Attitude Era was just old school territory booked wrestling. You have a hot heel. Hot baby face, put them together, take them apart, put them together, take them apart, put them together, take them apart. With the best color commentator, all this sort of stuff. He was also criticized by Vince McMahon for being Southern. And unlike Jim Ross, is an inherently angry man, so gets <laughs> pissed off about stuff like that. But Has to it- put up with people like his fucking, the producer of the television show saying, you're tiresome, which would be annoying as fuck. So I can see where his rage comes from, and he directs it all towards Vince Russo, who in 1998, Jim gets taken off the creative team mm-hmm. and is made a road agent, but Vince gets to stay on it and then goes around claiming things like he invented The Rock, he came up with the Montreal screw job, he invented Stone Cold, and the one thing that he has is, is he did not invent, he did not suggest the screw job. He did say, if worse comes to worse, put Shamrock outside the ring... And then we'll get the belt. Cornette did or Vince Russo did? Cornette did. Okay. And then Vince Russo asked, what does that mean? And he went, you screw him. You make it a triple threat match and you put a guy in there who can pull off a move that will then uh, make it look like a submission and he rings the bell. And he had explained what a screw, uh, a, um, 
um, screwing a guy out of a belt was because yeah. Jim Cornette grew up in the territories. They did it all the time. It's the reason why they kept putting the belt on Harley Race because they kept trying to do that to Harley Race and then he kept just beating people up. <laughs> uh, it's also why Harley Race then became a manager for Ric Flair whenever he was in Japan because okay. they knew that uh, Ric Flair was too docile and wouldn't go back on it, but they were pretty sure that people would try it. So they just send Harley Race to the ring and if there was trouble, he'd beat up someone. <laughs> That's so insane that Harley Race was a contingency plan. Wouldn't that man still frightens me? Yeah, he's for sure like an old. He's an old man named after a motorcycle. No, the motorcycle's named after him. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, for sure. It's true. <laughs> they named you what they named after me. Every the pussy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. They named after me. Dylan, fuck God. No, Dylan. They call it Dylan. <laughs> call sex, Dylan. Well, I want to have Dylan with that girl. <laughs> this, is what, this is what a regular nomenclature is. It's all right. So basically, he's now an off on. He hasn't been an on screen presence really since the NWA invasion. You have to do so much editing on this episode for our farts. It's insane. We, all right. Well, he has to do so much uh, editing on his face. He's never. He hasn't really been an on screen character regularly since 98 correct uh well depending on on company he appeared a lot in tna and ring of honor he appeared okay no yes because he was the tna president sorry i I completely forgot about he was the tna but you're missing a whole thing which is that they brought him out to do rants about uh wcw oh yeah which by the way was just based on something he was yelling at the creative team yeah uh, no, it was a bite this. So bite this. They just had Jim Cornette on because they're like, we need to kill four hours. So they just phoned Jim Cornette. No, they used to have little segments on Raw too. I, I remember no, no, that. But this is how you got to those little segments. Okay. Was they would just go to Jim Cornette on bite this and he would just scream about the outsiders like, Ascot Hall. Yeah, and that's where the, the, the idea of Kevin Nash, um, he's the he's the person that quoted Kevin Na- Kevin Nash's five moves, including the hair flip. Um, okay, that was the lo- most downloaded and watched bite this in the history of WWE.com in those early days. They put them on the little segments on um, uh, Raw that merged into the NWA Invasion, which was Jeff Jarrett and the New Midnight Express, Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart. <laughs> I really liked the idea of the New Midnight Express. I hated that they were called the New Midnight Express. It's called the Midnight Express because there's no the Midnight Express. Like I said, is a earlier is a sports franchise. There's been changeovers. Yeah, you don't need. It's called Midnight Express. Yeah, I run this as Midnight Express. It's not like people are gonna be like, oh, it's Dennis Condry. Yeah, that's not that's not Bobby Eaton. Pardon me, Bart Gunn, but you aren't Stan Lane. Or just get. Bobby Eaton to be one of the Midnight Express. I don't know, man. Do you really need Bob Holly? Do you really need Bob Holly? I'm glad that they had Bob Holly because this soon was able to merge into the sweet, sweet hardcore Holly. <sighs> yeah, well, I guess Bart Gun. Do you need Bart Gun? Do you really want him to knock out old ass Steve Williams? I suppose you do. Ruining Steve Williams' career. Uh, uh, Steve Williams, you ruined fucking Steve Williams' career. Oh fuck you! That's ugly. He's ugly. He wasn't. A st- he wasn't hot He's like me. He's ugly. <laughs> 
Um, mm. All throughout this time in the NW Ovation, he doesn't want to be a part of it. He says to Vince he would like to look at some other things within the company. At that time, there was already OVW was starting to develop, and he slowly transitioned into running OVW. He ran OVW and trained people, for example, Batista, Cena, Orton, Lesnar. All of them trained under Jim Cornette and Danny Davis. The following people he has called cunts. Dave Batista, many times. <laughs> Why would a Dave Batista? Dave Batista do? said that he didn't learn anything at uh, from OVW, and Jim Cornette lost his mind and basically was like, "If you didn't fucking learn anything, it wasn't for a lack of fucking trying, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Let me fucking tell you, you frail fucking demon, always showing up with your wife. I leave my woman at home." Is a quote in one of the shoot interviews. That he I said, "I leave my woman at home." Yeah, which is a very just a fun line. And then he goes on to explain that he was like, "We protected you. We made sure you were all good. And then you fucking go work out with the son-in-law, and suddenly you get yourself a good gimmick. Ha! Interesting. Like, of course, it's networking, though, Jimmy. Yeah, of course he's gonna. Of course he's." You're just gonna fucking try and succeed. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you fucking can't. You can't. All right. So then, so we got. Uh, I just want to say on screen, his next role on screen is as the managing director of Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, um, which I think in for sure it overlaps oh, okay, with Vin, him being in Vince Russo. Like him. And it Vince is. R- but before you get to that, we need to explain why he left OVW. Why did he leave OVW? Do you know why he left OVW? No. You don't know why he left OVW? No. Don't read it. I will tell you. It's the best. So they brought in the boogeyman to train him in OVW. And Jim Cornette had all of the students go stand in the bleachers. So when he arrived, um, they all freaked out and left because they basically framed the boogeyman as if he's a real guy who dresses up as this gimmick and he's fucking nuts and he's stalking the promotion. Yeah. And one guy mm-hmm. did not get up and run away. He stood there and laughed a little bit at yeah. the boogeyman and then walked to the back. Yeah. Jim Cornette lost his fucking mind, got so angry and from screaming at him that he shit his pants a little bit. Why rest the club shit? How do you yell at someone so much you <laughs> shit your pants? <laughs> he only drinks Sprite when he's working and doesn't eat anything, so it was all liquid, evidently. He only drinks Sprite? Yeah. Oh, what a weirdo. Doesn't that entire story fill you with glee? He shit. And I shit my fucking pants. You cannot shit my fucking pants. <laughs> shit him my poos. So he shit his pants a bit. It was Anthony Cordelli. Nope. Santino Morella. Corelli, yeah. Well, that's Santino. Oh, is that Santino? Yeah. yeah. Santino, uh, Santino. He yelled at Santino so much. And then he slapped him 14 times. Because, but you have to understand and, this. And that's why Santino Morella was given such a long run in the Fed. Yeah. Was so that he didn't sue the company. Wow. Because though here's the thing, uh Santino his gimmick at that time was like a Taz style shooter. Yeah. He is like a legit judo guy. Yeah. And then instead they made him ridiculous Santino Morella. Yeah, f- very fun Santino. But or Santina. That's funny. Yeah. So that's what got I love fire. that they had a Joanna man angle. <laughs> What's a Joanna man? A Joanna man's when you dress up like a Late when a man dresses in drag and then no one notices and you get to be in the NBA like in, jo- in the movie Joanna Man. 
You never heard of Joanna Man? No, I never heard of Joanna Man. You never heard of Freaky Friday either? You've I've heard of Freaky Friday. Oh, long body loser, never heard of it. <laughs> oh, Dylan got no hair on top of head. No, lots of, lots of it. No, lots of it. 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 You have a hair yarmulke. Then it's he goes to total nonstop action wrestling. No. Then he goes on a speaking tour and calls John Laurinaitis a fucking gay man a bunch. <laughs> what? He doesn't. He just calls him a loser and keeps talking about how the only thing he can hold compared to Jim Ross was his jock strap. Jesus. And, um, and uh, how he just doesn't know anything. For example, he's like, we fucking book Randy Orton at our fucking Six Flags show. We call him up and go, John, where's Randy Orton? He goes, ah, he's on vacation. We don't know. You got to fucking tell us. I'm fucking running a business down here. <laughs> <laughs> of course they put Corn Because Cornette is great because he's like... He can develop talent really well because he knows the business, but no one wants to fucking deal with that guy. Can you imagine just being a guy who, like, kind of doesn't care about his job? Yeah. Like, all right, there is a... Uh, I don't know why I never told this story. My friend Adam, he uh, has a friend who was a, who was an intern at WWE Canada. You remember Carl DeMarco from WWE Canada? He's just this, like, big guy who would always appear on, like regional canadian tv and yes, be I like remember, i just finished a pizza i asked him to k- hold the bread just the cheese and the meat ah. the cheese and the meat i'll tell you who also brings the cheese and the meat this sunday it's gonna be lita versus tori wilson in a who's got herpes match <laughs> in a pussy rubbing contest <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so so here his here's what he did he's this dude called up literally called places in mexico and would <laughs> just ask them if they wanted Lillian Garcia's album. Like, can you? He would call radio stations in in Mexico oh, and no. just find. Literally, they would be like, "I don't see si. no 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 whatever." And then no pa no mas no Lillian no like no I don't speak English. And then he would find the person who spoke English, usually in broken English, and he'd be like, "Hello," and they'd be like, "All right, this better because like they for thirty minutes," and he's like. Can you play Lillian Garcia's <laughs> album? And they were like, no. <laughs> that was his entire day. He said it was the worst organized office ever. Of and course. you imagine being that guy, that intern, who just doesn't really care about his job. Yeah. And you have this vague title because it's a huge company and you're making whatever. It's a huge company and who gives a fuck? And Jim Cornette, a guy who cares so much. Like there's one person who cares and he's calling you a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you talking to your mom? You fucking piece of shit. Hey, I don't even talk to my mom. My mom's dead. You want to know why? Buried her. Undertaker came to OVW and we needed to sell the Christmas show. <laughs> I live my fucking gimmick. <laughs> Another thing. Juggalos can suck my fucking cunt. Um, okay, OVW. OVW, great run. We told the Brock Lesnar story. Um... He knew that John Cena was going to be huge, obviously. Really believed in Randy Orton. Never liked Batista. Never liked Brock Lesnar. I'm sure there were a few other success stories, but we can't get into that because he goes to TNA. Becomes the TNA uh, figurehead of authority. Um, Was told that Vince Russo would not be brought in. Vince Russo is brought in within three weeks of him coming to the company. (laughs) Of course. 
They don't speak for three months. He then joins the creative team and is told by Dutch Mantel that he won't speak to uh, Vince Russo and he'll speak through Dutch Mantel. That's all fine and good for almost a year. And he even says publicly they buried the hatchet. It was all a fucking lie and he was just trying to keep a fucking lid on his temper because Mm -hmm. eventually uh, they were trying to do something with Hernandez and Sting that was really stupid. A very TNA idea, which is... Yeah, well, they were trying to get... They were trying to... There was a time... Hernandez, by the way, was fucking, like, great. Yeah, they were trying to get a Latino star. Just like mm-hmm. the Fed is still trying to get a Latino star, mm-hmm. just because they're like, there's a giant market that votes for Donald Trump. We need to get their money. <laughs> they so, do not vote uh, for Donald Trump. They certainly did. No, they did not. That's one of the problems. What? You fucking heard me. Okay. All right, so here we go. Did something for the Hernandez. Continue. You just... Um, blotted out again he uh i did not blot out he uh didn't like what was happening between sting and hernandez he felt that hernandez was being portrayed badly going into a pay-per-view match um he tried to uh rejuggle the entire segment does so then looks at the television taping and sees that the original script was put back in as it turned out vince russo went above his head fucking head screwed him over completely and he threatened to kill vince russo (laughs) (laughs) jesus fucking christ uh terry taylor then calls him and says that uh there's um some sort of like hr issue they're not sure if they're going to be able to keep him on he then calls him back and is like oh actually you're fired and then an anonymous source leaked the entire thing to uh dave Meltzer. unfortunately not realizing that um while the source was trying to do it anonymously, he left his email on it, so Jim knew it was Terry Taylor and hasn't spoken to Terry Taylor yet uh, uh, since. He then goes to Ring of Honor, tries to update Ring of Honor, has a huge amount of um, problems with people like Cole Cabana, which where the uh, phrase um, "funny don't equal money" comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of issues with he that. He didn't like Cabana. He didn't like uh, Kevin Steen. Oh, yeah, Kevin Steen. Nice. Didn't like Generico. Well, he, he has like actually, Generico. He actually has clarified what he said about Kevin Steen, which is right, which is you need to lose some weight, you need to be more of a bruiser, and you need to listen to people, which is basically what Kevin Owens did, and now he's the WWE fucking Universal Champion. Did he lose weight, though? Yeah. He, if you look at Kevin Steen from back in what they call the day, he is fat. But I think being – I don't know. We could do – I mean, I'll, I'll just skip that whole thing, like I always say. Uh, I still think being fat is better than being thin. Like, if you're in wrestling, you need things to be big. Why not just be fat? Wrestling needs another Dusty. They haven't had a Dusty in uh, since Dusty. You know what I mean? Like, why not just have a fucking fat guy? How does he win his matches? I don't know. Shut up. Let's have fun. So Cornette signed with ROH um, to produce the HD Net show. Have you ever seen any of the HD Net shows? That was when ROH had, like... They got bought by a corporation now, the Sinclair Broadcasting Group. Yeah. So now they have Who like, orchestrated that bo- that purchase, by the way? Jim Cornette did. Jim fucking Cornette did. Really? With a fucking amazing thing that the, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting never honored and they had to redo the contract, which was Sinclair Broadcasting had all these warehouses for gear and he put in the contract, build the Honor Arena so we have a fucking set that's actually ours in Baltimore that we can bring our fans into. We can do everything there and not have to fucking be mobile and be in these dark arenas, which they now have to do. Yeah. Because that's the thing. With the HDNet, it's the best that ROH was ever filmed. Like, because that was HDNet, obviously, was a company. Yeah. And they then could, and they had... Uh, and, they, and they were... And their lead announcer was just a guy who did football and didn't really know wrestling or anything. Absolutely not. Which has again led to Kevin Kelly being brought in. Who's great. Who uh, The other fucking guy, Nigel McGuinness. 
Yes. Getting brought in. All and Carino. Carino's Carino. there. Uh, Steve Carino was there, but Steve Carino was still wrestling. Steve Carino, yeah. when he hurt his neck super badly, Jim Cornette was the only official from ROH or Sinclair left at the building. And did he yell at people? Oh, indeed, he did. What, what did he yell? You leave me with a fucking paralyzed wrestler, you fucking cunts! <laughs> um, basically, uh, Jim Cornette's latter half of his career is him trying to find and establish a wrestling alternative to Vince McMahon. If he cannot find one, he appears to start one. Yeah. Um, he, a lot of people give him fucking shit for ROH. I think a lot of it was out of his fucking control. Quite frankly, I think I know it was. It was completely out of his fucking control. How do you know that? You look at the way it's structured. It's a giant company. He tried to have very, very specific ideas. I think a lot of people wouldn't listen to him because he's an abrasive dick. So when he says to Cole Cabana, funny doesn't equal money, he's basically saying your gimmick doesn't work, but you as a worker are still good. Because you can tell he's an old school guy. If he doesn't like you, he'll just be, you're fucking the dribbling shits. But he's saying is you need to update and be different. In this case, he's wrong. Cole Cabana's, fuck you, John. Ah! Cole Cabana's gimmick's great for what it is. It's a perfect attraction for especially something like ring of honor to bring in he doesn't need to it's be. a great part of the show yeah. it's a guy who can only like you can you can have it's a it's a real talent to have a guy win a match almost like dominantly every time yeah but you never really have to put him up for the world title it's a different part of the show it's like it's a, in a weird way it's like a new jack part of the show where like or, the undertaker I, I always think it's a roddy piper is the first yeah. guy who's like you never need to why i don't want to see roddy piper win a title i want to see roddy piper shoot someone with a fire extinguisher yeah. i don't want to see him like really in a serious angle you yeah. just want to see just like oh that's that guy i like yeah like that's the problem they're in now the fed is in now the wwe is in now where it's like because no one's really over yeah like they have they're in a position where they there's the, oh, that guy part of the show, guys, have to be in the title picture. Yeah. Like, they were in nine, like the mid-90s when Undertaker was in the title picture or something. Like, when, uh, who would you want to say? Uh, fuck, who, who is that, that, like, Bray Wyatt. Like, he's that Undertaker. Vibe, that, yeah. Yeah, that New Jack thing. And you can always tell when a company's on a down period. Like, when uh, ECW lost Taz and they had to fucking make Mike Awesome and then they lost Mike Awesome and then they had to make Rhino and they're like, fuck, we don't have anything to do. Yeah. Like, we can't have Rhino beat Mike Awesome. He's already fucking gone. They had to, like, put New Jack against Rhino and have Rhino go over him really super Dominantly. Quickly. Yeah, dominantly. Um, and I don't know how I got started on that. What you're saying is that it's one of the problems with... Uh, 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 with Jim Cornette. Current, re- current wrestling is... I like he doesn't like Kenny Omega at all. That was just released. Or, I mean, that was just... A recent thing where he was just talking about uh, Kenny Omega. He's like, he is an uh, otaku. What the fuck? You can't be losing matches to a little fucking girl because, <laughs> like, because Kenny Omega does that like uh, Japanese comedy wrestling, where oh, it's yeah. like uh, Kenny Omega versus In Shape Baby. Have you seen Jim Cornette's reaction to the Joey Ryan wrestling people with his dick uh, clip? No. <laughs> oh, is boy. he like? Uh, he hates it. Really? <laughs> That's so funny. Also, so he just doesn't like comedy wrestling as a thing. No. Although, when the WWF catches up to comedy wrestling and destroys it, I can't wait. What do you mean? 
when they get to the place when they're going to bring Joey Ryan in, you know they're going to bring Joey Ryan in at some point and sanitize the shit out of the hilariousness is that it's him beating people with his <laughs> giant, powerful penis. <laughs> <laughs> if they just had a different time slot, I mean, that's a subject for a different day, but if they just had a different time slot and they're just like, this is the show for children. This is the show where the man wins with his cock. <laughs> this is cock punch show. I what's this like? Well, did you see like? Did you ever see the Daniel? They only did it on the kids version of wrestling, but the Daniel Bryan show where Daniel Bryan wrestled a match. It was like a kids match, and all he did was roll himself up in a ball. What? He made a ball so you couldn't pin his shoulders. Amazing. And then that was the entire match was this guy like trying to break the ball, and then Daniel Bryan got him in a small package and won. What a great way to do a match. It was you know what would have been even like better? genius. Like da- Daniel, Daniel Bryan's a genius. It would have been even better if that match was against Joey Ryan. Mm. And instead of trying to pick <laughs> he's he just, just rubbing his dick on him. <laughs> he just kept trying to get photos where it looked like Daniel Bryan was one of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny stuff. I All right, so Joey. let's what about the ROH stuff? Like there was more ROH stuff. You There's so much about. ROH stuff. He's basically hated because okay, so what? Angles. All right, so no, no, no. He so didn't respect people like the Young Bucks. He doesn't understand things like high spots and really focuses on storytelling. Okay, so you mentioned earlier something like uh, you mentioned what he did with the ROH. Like, uh, so basically, how it sounded really horrible. What was that about? He came in and he was attempting to make a complete wrestling company. He yeah. was also looked at as a big sort of symbol of hope because he was a big deal within the wrestling industry mm-hmm. coming to ROH in a time when they were having problems like one of the former owners is a pedophile. What? Don't you remember that? Carrie Silken was a pedophile? One of the one of the former owners or investors as it turned out had some questionable taste. Jesus fucking Christ. How did you not know about that? Oh. I guess I wasn't up on my who's a pedophile in wrestling. I always keep track. <laughs> well, because basically Cornette's not. It's more than that too. Because Cornette's on brand for the for ROH as well. Because ROH came up in Absolutely. like yeah early two thousands as pure wrestling. Like you are you a nerd? Well, here's Hammerlocks for an hour and a half. Yeah. Are you a nerd? Yes. More specifically, are you a pro wrestling nerd that enjoyed the 1970s? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Here's well, a, come here, this way. Yeah. Here's a show that's legitimately, last time I saw an hour, so it was a while ago, but six hours long, two and a half hours <laughs> in the first intermission where I was like, fuck, I guess the second intermission is going to be like one match that's really long. Nope. Three and a half hours in the second intermission. It was fucking crazy. Was it fun? By the end of it, it was just like, someone stop this. Like It was just like, there was a guy who showed up and just read a book about birds, watched the Brian Danielson match, and then left. It was insane. <laughs> there were like, the, I, I walked into the washroom and I could like taste pee. It was like someone had pissed on me when I walked into the washroom. And not the way that it you was so, like. It was so fucking hot. And I used the women's washroom because I don't fucking. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him pee, John. <laughs> oh, I want to see. What you What you drink that made you get that wet? That looks clear, <laughs> like my intentions Ooh. for you. <laughs> Someone drinks a lot of water. Are you hydrated? I got a hose in my trousers. <laughs> to fuck. Who wants to fuck? Dylan does. Who wants to fuck? Dylan got. Everyone. More like Dylan Hot. Um, nice. Okay, so here's what he. So, why was ROH bad for Jimmy Cornette? 
ROH was bad for Jimmy Cornette is that a lot of the wrestlers who looked at him in a shining light, he couldn't necessarily get along with a lot of them. He had a lot of problems with Cole Cabana, a lot of the old school guys. At the same time, the administrative staff really revolted. They were having huge amounts of problems with um, getting online iPay-per-views. They fucked over kayfabe commentaries. Yeah, they fucking uh, they, they did have uh, iPay-per-views during that time. Sorry to interject, but like they dropped. like through like four in a row they fucked up or something. And the issue with that was the only visible person who was recognizable to wrestling fans was Jimmy Cornette, and he was also the only new guy. Mm-hmm. So they blamed it all on him. And the problem was is that at the time his website went like he was like I, there's a shoot interview where he's basically talking about how he was getting like attack but like well worded like Mr. Cornette could you please stop ruining Ring of Honor it's all I have I'm days away from suicide please book a Brian Danielson Kevin Steen match but make sure Kevin Steen doesn't get hurt like. <laughs> <laughs> All these sort of emails. It's like no one's listening to him. He realizes they need to sell the company. He knows how they're going to need to do it because he's done it before because he's had wrestling companies to get TV deals. Mm-hmm. He drafts the deal memo that gets them in with Sinclair. Sinclair immediately then has a huge HR issue because he threatens to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he threaten to kill he this time? He threatens to kill someone. <laughs> he threatens to kill the head of merchandising, I believe. <laughs> what? Because the guy kept talking about wrestling. That's the thing. is Going back to your analogy about Jim Cornette, which is great, which is when people that are just sort of trying their job then have an opinion about wrestling, he will fucking lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> actually, I think... Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm alone in this, but I think Adam Pierce is my favorite part of the. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> how about I fuck you? How about I fuck your dumb whore wife? And how about you suck my dick while you're fucking bleeding from the ears? You stupid fuck. Also, your Jim Cornette it goes in and out, but when it, it goes gets, in and out, it's so good. <laughs> There's a description. I can't remember who's talking. I think he's talking about Ross Abrams, whoever, whatever, whoever had involvement in. I think that's the head of merchandise. Okay. And he just goes, and I'll never forget the day when I put a wall in my garage with this fist when I just had to talk to you. And I can, my heart really goes out to him because he's trying to honor his commitment to these guys that looked at him as a symbol of hope for their company and trying to provide a option for wrestling fans that wasn't the fan. I laughed too hard and I farted. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the fact that all these this thorough line of this whole man's career of just very competent, talented man, and at no point did he seek anger management. You know? Like at no at no point was he like maybe this reoccurring thing where I threaten to murder people who just say one word is a bad thing. Yeah, he doesn't learn from the fact that you can't just threaten people, which is a shame. <laughs> because he loves to threaten people. Here's your coffee, Mr. Cornett. Well, I thank you, ma'am. The, uh, there was no uh, cream. It was just milk. You fucking <laughs> bitch! <laughs> you you re- old twat! <laughs> <laughs> you! I bet you last time a man fingered you, your fucking fingers bled because there's a fucking snaggle tooth in that old cunt, you <laughs> stupid bitch. Now get me a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so finishing up, what's he- your favorite thing about Jim Cornette? 
his passion for the wrestling business. I fucking love it. I absolutely adore him. Yeah. I don't agree with all of his opinions, but you know what? He's fucking great. You're not going to agree with 100% of something. Someone no, says. I also don't agree with most thing, most of the behavior Paul Heyman did, but I also love Paul Heyman. Yeah. the, the It's kind of like what you see is good enough that you're just like, well, I'm sorry that it sucks to work with you. Yeah. But like... Who who was it like that? Fuck! I was thinking about someone else like that. Who someone who everyone like who every wrestling fan? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a very talented wrestler. Yeah. And but from what I've kind of gleaned from talking to some people in the pro wrestling industry, he also loves fighting people. Backstage. He's a fucking dick. Yeah. Like apparently he's a fucking. And no one said he's a dick, but it just like it just comes through the every. I've never heard a positive Chris Jericho experience. I guarantee he's a dick, and here's how I know: mm-hmm. no one starts a band when they're in their mid thirties, and then decides <laughs> that's going to be their focus without yeah. being an egotistical douchebag. Yeah, he's a bizarre man. There's a reason why every time. No, it's also he. He's in this weird era where it's like you can't really be a babyface. Oh, I'll get sidetracked whenever I want, John. My favorite thing about Jim Cornette. Thanks for asking, John. I'm really, I'm uh, so about to ask. I'm glad you. My favorite my thing mind. is his height, which is uh, for sure not six feet tall. Oh, that's interesting because my favorite thing about you is that you better start fucking listening to me, or I'm gonna make you eat my poo. He's an orator. He's a talented orator, John. They also don't lie about ta- about fucking managers' heights. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yep. How do you know? Because it's wrestling. Good point. The Undertaker stood. The Undertaker stood. Uh, was just at a bas- was at a basketball event, um, because uh, LeBron, you know, the LeBron uh, wore an Undertaker yeah. T-shirt when he won the when he did the parade or whatever. So Vince sent him to the thing dressed as the Undertaker, <laughs> and uh, and he was like shorter than LeBron, and LeBron's six eight. Yeah, so. what are you talking about? Well, they've always said the Undertaker is close to seven foot, so he's probably you know my height. Uh, yeah, probably. He's probably like 6'4". So, I'm assuming six feet means like 5'8", you know? Um, okay. So, my favorite thing... Yeah, he's just... A, I don't know. You gotta say his promos. You gotta say everything about his performance. Oh, it's just he's top-notch. on point. A great manager. Never could... For me, he would never be a main event manager because he's just too silly. Like, the tennis racket's too silly. And, like, I don't really hate him that much. But maybe it's that he gets slapped down so much because it was like 90s wrestling when I was watching it that I never really wanted, needed to see him get hit because I was like, he just already got hit. Like, he never made me angry enough where I was like, fucking, I really, you know, I really need to see this dude beat up. So, I mean, he was a great manager. And, I mean, that's all you can really say. What's the worst thing about Jim Cornette? Uh, Legacy will not, his legacy will not reflect how good of his, how good his work was. What do you mean? I think that he'll be remembered as... Oh, he'll be kind of like rubbed out? Yeah, he'll be maligned a little bit. They won't necessarily acknowledge what a fucking impact he had on the Attitude Era. He'll never get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I say that. He probably will. They have run out of people. Yeah, he'll have a good... <laughs> he'll have a good... Um, he'll have a good... Look at this picture. Of, I'll put it on the episode. Oh, have you never seen that photo before? That's from when he was the Ring of Honor and he was so fat. <laughs> I'm going to put this picture of uh, uh, ROH, James Cornette, uh, James E. Cornette on uh, oh, by the Instagram way. page at Wrestler Review. Oh, that's promotion. I love it. Also, what you guys do need to seek out is the Jim Cornette talking about the heart attack grill. Mm-hmm. He eats... Like a bag of shit. <laughs> Why? He just oh, yeah, eats yeah. such bad food. 
You like, fucking bitch. Anyway, he goes to the well, heart. He's at- from Turkey. He goes to the Heart Attack Grill and has two burgers. That's the Heart Attack Grill. If it's worth, just look it up. Just look up the YouTube clip. It's fucking amazing. All right. Well, my fa- so uh, best thing. Uh, overall skills of We're- manager. Can you say that? Yeah. Ask, that's, uh, what's that's your worst a- thing? I already told you my worst thing is legacy. Oh yeah. My worst thing. Yeah. He's under six feet tall. Uh, no, uh, um, the worst thing about him, I mean, just his temper. It's the best thing about him, too, is his temper, but it's also the worst. That is true, that he would be a lot further along if he hadn't threatened. And he could just go along and get along. So like, many people. Jim Ross will probably be back in the Fed in like the next f- three or four years. I disagree. I don't think they'll ever bring him back. Really? Why? Because Vince has always wanted him not to be there. He doesn't like that he gets the credit for the Attitude Era. You know that. That pisses him off. It's all but explained. And they were looking for a reason to fire him. He also does not get along with Triple H or Stephanie. Really? Because he took Austin's side. Because remember, he was the head of talent relations when all of them were coming up. Mm-hmm. So he was the guy who said no to Triple H. Mm-hmm. And now Triple H is in his spot and we'll have to learn that there's a reason why he said no. Mm-hmm. But is probably still a little pissed off with him. Like, Yeah, but I just think Triple H is like smart enough to i disagree yeah it's just i don't know it seems like he's a smarter man than you would think because he's he's mended some fences that like you need to mend dylan there's something you need to know what our longest episode is jim Cornette. (laughs) oh my god another breaking another record thank you very much for listening guys uh here's jim Cornette uh doing something interview you uh, fucking cunt. Name. And Dusty Rose also said that his sister could whip me on any street in America. Well, let me tell you something, Dusty Rose. I've heard a lot about your sister. I know she's been on a lot of streets, so she knows them real well. As a matter of fact, they used to call Dusty's sister Federal Express. Did you know that? When she went out on a date, she absolutely positively had to be there overnight. But I want to talk about Dusty's whole family. I want to talk about his drunken old daddy. Down there in Austin, Texas, every Saturday night, Dusty Rose's father would go into worst low-class redneck saloon in Austin, Texas, and there would be fighting, there would be swearing, there would be cussing, and a lot of hard drinking. And finally, he'd be able to drag Dusty's mother out of there. But you know something about Dusty's daddy? He was a successful businessman. As a matter of fact, before he was a plumber, he owned a shoe store. He owned a shoe store down there in Austin, Texas. And he did so good at it that to this day, every time the city of Austin, Texas thinks the black loafers, they think of Dusty's father. But let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes, and I want you to listen real good. The Cornette family has long been regarded not only in Louisville, Kentucky, but all over the country, all over the world, as one of the finest families ever in this country. Beautiful Bobby Sweet Sam, they come from money, they come from power, they come from movers and shakers, they come from the upper crust. We are not riffraff, we're not rednecks, we're not farmers, and we're not plumbers' sons like you. So don't you ever, ever dare make comments about the Cornette family, because brother, let me tell you something. We're going to take that into consideration. Just remember, your daddy spent his whole life in other people's toilets. And while he was out there with that plumber's helper, every delivery boy and out of work bombing off the Texas.